Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode number 148 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. We have a great show today. The theme is every villain in every story wants the same thing, control. (laughs) Did you get that all in one breath? (laughs) That was was impressive, right? So uh, you're just looking at me. Why are you just looking at me? You cut my mic off. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't. I might. I'm not saying I wouldn't. But uh, so, yes, that is our theme today. And I will actually explain it as we go. Every villain in every story wants the same thing. Control. I'm going to say that one more time just so we know that we're all on the same page. Every villain in every story wants the same thing, control. So our family just enjoyed a weekend in Disneyland again. Yes, we do love the happiest place on earth and the opportunities our visit there afford us to just be silly and spend time together as a family and play with our granddaughter. On this particular trip, I found myself thinking about the comparisons of how fairy tale storytelling compares to real life. Does art imitate life or does life follow art. One thing that kept coming to my mind is that the villain in each and every story is seeking to in some way control and enslave the hero or the heroine of each story. The evil queen wants to take the freedom and even the life of those who simply want to enjoy the beauty of life, love, freedom, and happiness. The wicked sorcerer wants to enslave or kill those who are simply living their lives. While some of the villains are male, some female, others are dragons or even snakes. The one thing they have in common is that they each want to reach into the lives of someone who is causing them no harm and take something away from the other. Kind of like, exactly like, every real life bad guy and every person and politician who wants to restrict your rights and mine to protect and defend our families, our homes, and our very lives in our quest to simply be responsibly armed citizens. 
The people who want to chip away at our freedom to keep and bear arms all seek that same control over your life and mine. They like to put a pretty face on it as they call it smart gun laws or common sense gun control. And they tell you it is for the children. But when they stand before the mirror of truth, their true intentions and their true face is revealed. And, my friends, it is ugly. They cast their spells using cleverly worded phrases and rhetoric to trick well-meaning people into mindlessly nodding their heads in agreement. They pied piper and siren call their way into the words that spew from our favorite Hollywood actors and feisty young politicians. And those of us who haven't fallen under the spell are painted with the brush of being small-minded social outcasts. What are we, the keepers of truth, to do so that we too don't willingly tie on our own puppet strings and become one of the rights restrictors, bobble-headed marionettes? How do we save our children and our children's children from drinking the poison of distorted history and protect them from climbing the ever-steepening staircase to the dungeon of gun control lies? Our spellbreaker is one simple word to keep asking and answering, and that is why. Why do we have a constitution? Why did our founding fathers include a Bill of Rights? Why do the 27 words of the Second Amendment include the clause, shall not be infringed? Why did the very first gun control laws come about? And why are the loudest voices that are trying to restrict your rights to self-protection coming from the very people who have 24 hour a day armed security protecting them and their children? Why, if guns are bad, do these people rely on guns to protect them? Just keep asking why and you will soon see the smoke and mirrors, half-truths, emotional manipulations, and outright lies as the phantoms they really are. You and I simply want to live the promise of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We want to build our little cottages and snip off the puppet strings and live out the promise of a future filled with freedom. It is important to keep our eyes on the North Star of Truth so that we too do not fall prey to the spells of those who want us to fall into the deep sleep of apathy and to seek to enslave us under their heavy boot of tyranny. We must know the truth and constantly plant 
the seeds of truth. We must every day take up our shield of wisdom and teach the next generation how to use the sword of truth. Because the villains are many. The villains are loud. And because every villain in every story wants the same thing, control. Dan? Well, I have a warning for the select few villaticians, I mean, polit- I mean uh, <laughs> villains out there, that um, in America, they don't win. Mm. They, they put on a big fight, mm-hmm. but justice prevails. And um, so... From your lips to God's ears, I'm telling you, it... You know, when you watch the news, it's so easy to get discouraged and easy to fall into apathy and feel like there's just there's too much nonsense coming at us too quickly that it almost feels like we're in quicksand sometimes trying to correct the truth, you know, correct people with history. It just takes so long to do that. And our attention spans are like squirrel, you know, millisecond until we're distracted by something else. Um and it, so it gets hard, but I, I like your idea that, you know, in the end, the the evil queen always gets pushed off the mountain, right? But they take us on a terrible ride. Yeah, they do. Terrible journey. But, well, I think we have some amazing guests today. We sure do. Our first hour, we have Congressman Paul Gozar, DDS. He serves in the United States Congress as a representative from Arizona's 4th Congressional District. First elected in 2010, he came to Congress with no prior political experience. What a great example to the rest of us. And Paul believes in that the Constitution is the cornerstone of our republic and always pursues policies that allow for more individuals' liberty and less government involvement. Mm -hmm. Representative Gosar is also part of the Second Amendment Caucus. Absolutely. Looking forward to hearing from him today. Mm -hmm. We also have Mike Sullivan. He's the vice president of Writers United for a Sovereign America, Writers USA, and is a firm believer in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the rule of law, and government by the people. Writers USA is organizing their annual Celebrate and Protect the Second Amendment event on Saturday, February 16th, and he he is here to tell us more about that. Mm -hmm. Our second hour, we have Caleb Kruckenberg. He's a litigation counsel for the New Civil Liberties Alliance. Caleb has broad legal experience, often averse to the government. He's developed his principled opposition to the administrative state for his experience as a criminal defense attorney after witnessing one of too many prosecutions arising from technical violations of needless regulations. And he's going to talk to us today about the bump stock ban. Mm -hmm. We have uh, Tyler Izagiri. The president and founder of the Second Amendment Institute, a national nonprofit organization that focuses on educational advocacy for the Second Amendment. Additionally, Izagari is a national field director of Students for Self-Defense, a national college program that fights for self-defense rights of college students on campus. Tyler is also organizing the first annual Defending Freedom Action Summit in April in Arlington, Virginia. And finally, we have Michael Woodland, the co-host of the Black Man with a Gun podcast with Ken Blanchard. 
Michael also owns Munitions Weapons Tactical. He is a certified NRA instructor giving classes on the handgun and AR platform rifle to provide a service to the community and organizations that care to pursue the continuing education of firearm safety and training. He has served in the military and since his departure, his mission is to pass his knowledge onto the public through his journey in the Second Amendment community. We also will have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's Commentary. I'm not so calm. <laughs> All right, we have just an incredible lineup. I'm super excited to dive right in. Do not move one single muscle. Maybe go get a drink of water. Yeah, you could probably do that. Maybe use the restroom. I don't know. Whatever you do during commercial breaks. Stick around. We will be right back. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. AZFirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. AZFirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit AZFirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Hi folks, I'm Don Kyle. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours too. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are excited to bring our first guest back on the show today. Congressman Paul Gosar, DDS, serves in the United States Congress as the representative from Arizona's 4th Congressional District. First elected in 2010, he came to Congress with no prior political experience. And what a fine example that is for the rest of us that, you know, we are citizens who have to step up and serve. And I I just really admire that. Congressman Gosar believes that the Constitution is the cornerstone of our republic. 
and always pursues policies that allow for more individual liberty and less government involvement. Representative Gosar is also part of the Second Amendment Caucus. Welcome to the show. We're excited to have you back on, Congressman Gosar. But we have uh, Dan here with us as well. Yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks for the great work you've been doing. Thank you, Dan. Fantastic. So one of the big news stories that I think really probably should be a bigger news story that I'm hoping you can kind of shed a little bit of, of wisdom on, since you are in the Second Amendment Caucus, is this um, New York gun case that the Supreme Court has agreed to hear or look at or whatever it is they do over there at the Supreme Court. Well, this is a case in which New York law prohibits uh, New York City residents who have handguns uh, from transporting un- unloaded uh, and secured guns outside of the city limits. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be an interesting case that the Supreme Court has picked up based upon the right of the Second Amendment. Um, but it's not just the only one. We've now seen a call, uh, a bill introduced, I believe, last week that actually looks at uh, additional taxes to ammo. Mm-hmm. Uh, so New York is a hotbed of problems with constitutional rights, and uh, uh, we we got to pay attention. Absolutely. You know, we can never let our guard down. And, you know, I think when um, the last uh, presidential election came around and we, we all kind of had this huge sigh of relief that the person who was elected had said, you know, I'm, I'm for your, your constitutional rights, your Second Amendment rights, where his opponent was saying, you know, guns are bad and they all need to go away in some fashion. I think we all relaxed a little too much and uh, we can never, ever do that because the other side is. Well, not I agree with you, Cheryl. I agree with you, Cheryl. In fact, uh, Nancy Pelosi made the comment that the president didn't go directly and cover that base last night intentionally saying, you know, that uh, the president did not draw out uh, the application of firearms uh, with uh, some of the tragedies that have occurred. And so it is a hotbed and it goes as no uh, unsight uh, to see that some of the most outrageous types of uh, uh, laws and restrictions on our Second Amendment will come out almost immediately. And you're starting to see this universal background check on H.R. 8. I, I said it to most of my friends and colleagues. They're going to come after our Second Amendment, and they're going to come out of the box very strong. So he, we're actually seeing it right now. And, and it, truly, if they're not going after uh, the legal avenues, then they are doing things like, oh, let's just impose some taxes and make it sound all somehow palatable to the public that it's you know, for the children, for safety, you know, something like that, which the ap- absolute opposite is true. If we aren't out at the range practicing all the time, we, we're we not going to be as safe and proficient uh, as we should be. And so if they're restricting our, our ability in any way, shape or form to um, be able to to practice with the the tools of self-defense they're moving that they always are moving the needle in the actual opposite direction of what they say they're trying to do you're exactly right cheryl and particularly onus in hr8 is 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 making it uh raising the age to be 21 before you can actually own a gun now think about this what they're actually doing is they're trying to predispose younger people from acknowledging that their God-given Second Amendment right uh, belongs to them. 
they're mm-hmm. they're uh, prohibiting them from even having that right. So it's 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 you, you can see where they work and how they uh, evaluate uh, and destroy uh, people's uh, organized sense of the Constitution. So uh, it's right here and it's it's happening right and left, whether it be New York, whether it be the halls of Congress. The attack on the Second Amendment is full on. It really is. And, you know, I, the last time we spoke, you and I were discussing how our veterans and sometimes our, our elderly veterans have been, uh, their rights have been infringed with these needless laws saying, well, if you have your um, some relative or some other person take care of your finances, then you're somehow mentally unfit to own a gun. And now there are these things that are cropping up that they just they sound like they make sense. They sound like they're well-meaning, but they're called red flag laws or here in Arizona, they're calling it a stop law. And I have to believe that that exact same population is going to be uh, disproportionately marginalized under these particular things. Can you speak to that a little bit? You betcha. So if you remember um, two years ago, there was a push to take, uh, and the NRA was co-opted in doing this, having the conceal and carry universal language applied to the fixed nix language. Mm-hmm. And this is what you're alluding to vulnerable populations, particularly our veterans. And what, what leadership did was saying, listen, we're going to join these two laws together. And that, that way um, you get something, we get something, and everything will work out fine. Mm-hmm. Well, what ends up happening is, is both Thomas Massey, who's the chair of the Second Amendment Caucus, and myself, mm-hmm. reached out to the NRA and said, listen, they have no, no desire to pass uh, the Conceal and Carry Universal application. What they're going to do is they're going to get everybody to vote on it in the House. When it goes to the Senate, what they'll do is they'll cut off the, the Conceal and Carry Universal background uh, carry, and they're going to go forward with the fix next. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. Mm. That's exactly what happened. And so then the fix nix was actually included in must-pass must legislation, as I predicted. And what this identifies is that it incentivizes agencies by numbers, the number of people that are questioned and are removed from having a Second Amendment right. So many of the whistleblowers that we talked to, particularly in our veterans, had no idea that their Second Amendment right had been, dis- had been removed. For example... If you put down that you did not pay your bills, you maybe put them on autopilot, that was one of the highlights that drew ire to you and attention to you to remove your Second Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. You were supposed to get two letters and then a final call. Most of the people that were approached got none of those. Mm. So this expanded uh, those uh, criteria to veterans, Medicare, and Medicaid recipients. It passed into law, as I so espoused. Now, we're not going to be able to change that right now, but we're going to have to acknowledge um, uh, those, those populations under, uh, under scrutiny and work to, our, to their benefit. Our veterans, our Medicare recipients, Medicaid recipients, we got to reach out and make them empowered, not victims. Mm. Amen to that. And, you know, that's one of those things is that, uh, you know, if you are a part of any kind of a, a population that's either a minority or marginalized in any fashion or could be marginalized in any fashion, really, you should be, all of our listeners, you should be on the front lines protecting and defending every single syllable 
of every single word of our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Boy, Carol, you're so exactly right, because if you don't have a Second Amendment right, you do not have a First Amendment right. There, there's a reason why they're first and second. They're so entwined. Uh, uh, and and you, you look at the disastrous uh, uh, policies of past administrations like uh, Mao and Stalin and mm. Hitler. The first mm-hmm. thing that they did to control the masses was get rid of the guns. The Second Amendment uh, restrictions, mm-hmm. uh, when when they're predicated to be dependent upon the government, then what ends up happening, you lose that First Amendment. But they keep saying that would never happen in America because we have the Constitution that they're wanting to take away from us. <laughs> no, they're taking the Constitution. They're, I mean, look, look at free speech. It's no longer free speech. It's only the speech that we condone that's politically correct. Oh, right. it's, it's so true. I mean, it's so funny how you'll hear these man-on-the-street-type uh, interviews out there, and people are like, yes, I'm for free speech. And in the next breath, they're like, well, except for fake news should be controlled, or except for, um, you know, hate speech. And it's like, no, it's either it's all free or it's all controlled. Right. You don't get to pick and choose the, the bits and the pieces because it's all subjective. Right. See, Cheryl... And, and you look at our educational parameters and our, and our institutions. You know, can you imagine that we have free speech zones mm. that you have to go into that zone to actually have a conversation <laughs> on whatever you want to talk about? And then if it's not politically correct enough, then you're banned from even using that. Wow. This shows you the tie um, to future generations. It is so important that the rights bestowed to us under this Constitution by God, um, mm. the Second Amendment, is very important if we don't have that ability we forever lose that constitution but they're teaching the younger generation that we don't need this that Mm -hmm. the government will take care of you that brings up the socialist uh, issue you know 25 years ago you'd get in trouble if you even mentioned the word socialist what's going on with us today i mean they just do they want everything for free they don't want to work well, remember, remember the, the wise words of Ben Franklin. What kind of government uh, did you give us when his, he was asked? A republic if you can keep it. Mm. Now, freedoms are not free. They come at a price. Our veterans, um, those that died, understand all too well. Um, but we have to be retaught this over and over again, that we have to be engaged in those constitutional rights. The other side is very good at polarizing us, mm-hmm. isolating us, and dividing us. What we have to do is now take that mantra and, and go do it back. We have to engage people of, uh, uh, that are victims. We have to empower them. People that are empowered are vindicated and set free. When people are victims, they're dependent upon a government for death and, and everything. The American experience is what we need to teach. And that shows us that each and every one of us has something to contribute to teaching our, our children. I tell, I tell my audiences wherever I talk, who are grandparents? I said, there's something magical about being a grandparent. Mm -hmm. You know, as a parent, I've had three kids. I'll tell them it goes in one ear and out the other. (laughs) But that's why I bring my my parents and my Mm parents-in-law at least twice a year. What ends up happening when they tell a grandchild something, it stays. And Mm -hmm. they'll come to me like my son Gaston. Guess what grandma told me? (laughs) And I would say, hey, Gaston, how many times have I had to tell you that? (laughs) The magic of that family, how we benefited from having those rights. Um, how America gave us the opportunity. We got to instill that, and it means every single one of us, to the circle around us, to our friends, our family, that's what made America great. 
but that's why the other side is so good. They divide us from family. They mm. divide us from our friends. Mm. They, they try to identify what's politically correct, and we got to stop that. Wow, that that's beautiful what you just said. I hope everybody puts that on the replay. Yeah, so thanks for the ammunition. We have we have a grandbaby, <laughs> and we've got another one coming, and uh, uh, that's good that they're going to listen to us. That's awesome. <laughs> we hope, anyway. Oh, they, they would, it, I mean, it's magical, and, and I'll tell you what, uh, hopefully it gives people a new bounce in their step because they can make a difference. Think about what this country gave us. You know, we've been the recipients of so much. Opportunity doesn't mean success, you know, but it gave us opportunity. And that was magical. America, uh, the United States is great from that. I can, I can try something and fail miserably, but I always had a second chance. Mm, amen to that. Well, I know you've got to run. We do, too, unfortunately, but I so appreciate this time. I've got to have you back on again soon because, especially with you being in the Second Amendment Caucus, uh, you're going to really be at the epicenter of all of these things that are that are brewing out there and, and maybe help us understand better as citizens what we can do um, to help impact in a positive way. and. Maybe if you could leave us just as a parting thought, what what is one thing, those of us that aren't grandparents to impact the, <laughs> that generation, but one thing that, that citizens who are listening should come away feeling like I have a call to action, something I can actually do and and help to impact positively the future? Well, I, to your audience, I know even in Arizona, we're feeling the pinch on the Second Amendment, and mm-hmm. that's to engage our our, our friends and family. All of us have family. All of us have close friends. Mm-hmm. And, and in the past, this has been these have been subjects that the left has tried to have us not have those conversations about. Once again, it's about the renewed vigor about being a solution, not a victim. Mm. And I think we've got to start having those conversations. Uh, how dare the government say we can't? We should. We must. We have to. I think that's the case, whether it be free speech, whether it be the Second Amendment, these are conversation pieces to be had with those around us, because if it's not your voice, it's their voice. Amen. They win if you don't show up. Amen. Well, thank you so much for all that you do. We'll let you get back to the, the good work that you're doing there on the Hill, and uh, we'll have you back on again soon. Sounds good, Cheryl. Thanks, Cheryl and Dan. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Congressman Paul Gosar. Fantastic. All right. Stick around. On the other side of these messages, we have Mike Sullivan. Now, Mike is the vice president of Writers USA, and that group is putting together their annual Celebrate and Protect the Second Amendment event right here in Arizona on the lawn of the Arizona State Capitol Building. Good stuff. Coming up. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. 
Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Hey, everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. If you've missed any portion of today's show, please go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com, click the On Demand tab, and binge listen to your heart's content all of the episodes we have posted there. And when you want to put a face with a voice, click on the Guest tab. You'll find photos and bios and links to all of the work of all of the guests we've ever had on. It's a wonderful resource and You know, we don't hate it when you spend some time there. All right, our next guest is Mr. Mike Sullivan. He is the Vice President of Writers United for a Sovereign America, Writers USA. He is a firm believer in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the rule of law, and government by the people. Writers USA is organizing their annual Celebrate and Protect the Second Amendment event on Saturday, February 16th, and he is here to tell us more about that. Welcome to the show, Mike. Good morning, Cheryl. How are you today? Very well. Very excited to chat with you. And I think, you know, I want to go back before we go forward, and I want to ask you, I mean, just in that lead-in, we get such a sense of this passion you have for our Constitution and our our Bill of Rights. And, you know, I don't know if we're losing that as each new generation comes or not. I pray we're not. But I, I wanted to ask you, what? why is that? Why are they, these two documents, these founding documents, so misunderstood? And, and why are they still, what can we say to the younger generation to let them know they are still as important today as they were over 200 years ago? Well, I, I think, Cheryl, what, what people look at today when they're talking about uh, especially the, the Constitution and the, and the Bill of Rights, uh, they, they misunderstand that those documents give us rights, that mm-hmm. the government has written these things down and said, okay, American people, here are the rights we, the government, are, are granting you. Mm-hmm. And normally that's the federal government. And I, I think people, especially the younger generation, maybe they're just not taught 
in schools anymore how this country was was founded and how those documents were written and the reason they were written and if you look at the federal government the constitution was really written by the states hmm. the states are granting the power they're granting powers to the federal government to um you know, to hold the states together in in the union. So the states are saying we need a federal government to do certain things, provide the military, uh, protect the people, you know, so on and so forth. And mm-hmm. those things are enumerated in the Constitution. Everything else is left to the states and the people. So there's no there's no right that I'm given by the government saying, well, you have the right to do this and you have the right to do that until we say otherwise. And I think people don't understand that. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights are restrictions mm-hmm. on the government. Mm-hmm. It's telling them what they can do. And then in the Bill of Rights, it's almost redundant in some cases. It's telling them that people already have these rights, but we're going to reiterate that you can't do this. The government does not have the power to do this. And I, I think people get that all kind of bollocked up and mixed up and saying, well, the government is granting us this right. It's absolutely not true, and the country was never meant to be that way. That's mm, so true. That's exactly what we fled from. That's exactly what we fought against is this top-down, you know, we'll hand you down. You know, the, the royals were handing down what they were to allow the uh, peasantry, <laughs> right, to, to do and, that's and not kind do. Of what it seems to be, and that's, I think, you know, if you look at it today, I, I mean, these these people 200 years ago, um, you know, they didn't have the technology and the things we have, you know, today at their fingertips, but they were pretty darn smart mm-hmm. um, coming up with some of these things. And, you know, like you said, they, they fled tyranny, mm-hmm. um, and they didn't want that to happen here, and that was one of the big arguments before the Constitution was even written was what, how, how strong do we want the federal government to be? Because we've seen what strong mm. federal governments do. Amen. And that is where tyranny comes in when the federal government is too, is too strong. So, so true. So this right to keep and bear arms, right? The Second Amendment. Of course, we know, you and I know, it's a God-given right. It's not given by the government, as you were just saying. And those of us that do keep and bear arms, we get why it's important. We understand all of that. But people that maybe are on the fence about this whole gun thing, or, you know, maybe they've already tipped over into the, well, guns are bad way of thinking, and they're not gun owners now, ever, or yet, what can we say to them? Why is this right so important to keep and bear arms? Well, I, I think that any of our, our God-given rights, um, you know, that, are, are, that we have as human beings, there are certain inalienable rights that we are born with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of those is, is certainly self-protection and I would just I I always I think education is really the key that we we get too much you know in social media and this and that and you know this ends up being a partisan issue Mm. with you know the Democrats and the Republicans it's really not a partisan issue and and people would just 
step back and stop listening to all the the you know the noise out there and and educate yourself and look into it and stop just taking everything you hear on on the the internet or you know social media or wherever you're getting your news and and study it yourself if you're really if you're really concerned about it because that's that's the key to keeping a uh, a democratic republic is the people are involved and they have to be somewhat educated to understand what these what these issues are and I, I think the second amendment is no different educate yourself educate yourself on what these firearms are i mm-hmm. mean you don't you may or may not like them mm-hmm. personally mm-hmm. but you really have to look at it and say what was the what was the intent of that of that amendment being put in there and then study those issues and then make a decision based on knowledge instead of just you know listening to what other people are telling you and emotion so much emotion tied up into that and so often on this show i i tell the listeners i i kind of hope you're sort of disagreeing with something that either me or one of my guests is saying because if you're disagreeing then you're mentally engaged and once you're mentally engaged i hope that that feeds a hunger to go and find out more for yourself just like you're encouraging and i do think that is so so important um, so other than that, which is huge, just owning your own knowledge, you know, finding out for yourself so you know why you believe what you believe, what can the average citizen do um, to defend and protect not just even the Second Amendment, but the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, all of their rights? Uh, again, I think the, the, the key is, one is educate yourself mm-hmm. and get involved. Um, and vote. You know, that's a, you know, another thing in this country, in, in good election years, we might have 60%, you know, of the, of the electorate eligible that actually votes. So almost half the country doesn't even vote. So sad. Um, that's another right. So exercise your right. Mm -hmm. That you have, you have the right to vote, exercise it, because that's how, that's how the people, that's, you know, this is our country. Uh, it's a government, you know, by the people, you know, for the people. If the people aren't involved in it, then you're going to have the the problem you see in Venezuela now, where mm. the government's in charge of everything. They're calling all the shots. They're making all the decisions. Mm. And so true. I think people just need to wake up and understand there there's a responsibility. If you want freedom, it's it's never free. There's a responsibility to have freedom, and your responsibility is to be a, a, good, a good citizen. And a good citizen is involved in the, in the process, whether at, at a minimum would be to vote. Absolutely. You know, past that, if you want to get involved in, in things like the, you know, the Second Amendment, there's plenty of groups out there. AZCDL in Arizona mm-hmm. uh, does a great job at the state level on, you know, firearm rights um there's all kinds of groups you can you can look at that you know if you join get involved and and be proactive um Absolutely. to me in in this case of gun rights we're, we're always reactive yes oh my gosh people show up when there's a imminent threat of something some legislation happening rather than being you know proactive like 
the Arizona Citizens Defense League is. They're constantly working at our state legislature with our legislators to make sure that we don't have these laws passed and then we all rise up and say, well, hey, what the heck happened? Because we were asleep at the wheel and we're not involved in that process, then shame on us. No doubt. Well, we just have about a minute left, um, but I want to talk about, you know, a, a reaction in a good way, a celebration of our rights and your group. And, and we're pairing up with you this year for the first time, and we're so excited about it. Um, this celebration of our Second Amendment rights, it's an event that, that's happening on uh, Saturday, February uh, 16th. It's at the Arizona State Capitol on the, the lawn there of the Capitol building, and it is called Celebrate and Protect uh, Your Second Amendment Rights. Can you just kind of tell us a little bit more about what that's about, what people can expect, and, uh, you know, how they can get involved? Well, I think it's, um, you know, Riders USA has been uh, having this, this event annually in February for, I think this is the sixth or seventh year. And really what we're trying to do is get more people involved. You know, certainly there's a lot of people that are already involved in, in the, you know, in the gun rights issues that will be there. We're trying to really get the public more involved. Come down and learn something. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a great lineup of, of speakers. We're not just talking about, you know, it's not just going to be talking about <laughs> firearms. There's, there's a, a great lineup of, of speakers, you know, talking about some of the legal issues, uh, some of the self-protection issues. You know, another important part of that now, as you as you see, is with uh, women getting into firearms now for self-protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have Carrie Lightfoot speak on that. So there's going to be a lot of information uh, that you can you can see. There's going to be stuff for the kids. I think we got some face painters and some some other things that are going to be out there for the kids, and mm-hmm. it's to celebrate, you know, our our right to keep and bear arms. And then also we'll have some information on how you can get involved. With there's there'll be several groups there that are in the uh, you know they're are heavily involved in the fight to keep our our right to keep and bear arms. And you can talk to those folks and see what you think. Absolutely, and because you are a motorcycle group, a motorcycle club, Riders USA, uh, you're all going to meet. I don't personally own a, a, a motorcycle, so I'll be at the main grounds waiting for your, for all of you to arrive in your procession. But uh, you're all going to gather together at a local park called Encanto Park at 11 a.m., and uh, kickstands are up at 11.45, and you're all going to come roaring in on your big, beautiful chariots uh, to the actual capital location, and that's when the event starts from noon to 2. Am I correct about all that? That's correct. So the motorcycles will meet at Encanto Park, which is on 15th Avenue, a couple of three miles from the capital, and we usually have, you know, three or four dozen motorcycles meet up with us. Um, we'll come straight down Washington, a lot of big flags flying, and it's, you know, the kids love it. It's kind of cool. And we usually do a lap or so around the Capitol building, then we park right in front on 17th Avenue, and then the rally kicks off, and it's always a great time. People, people just love the motorcycles. Absolutely. Just a super fun, I'm hoping the weather should be beautiful. February in Arizona is gorgeous. 
Looks like it's going to be in the in the mid 60s that that week. So hopefully it's we're getting past this cold spell. Yeah, cannot beat it. Fun family celebration, learning. Uh, it just doesn't get any better than that. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to come on and talk with us today. Uh, looking forward to seeing you out there on the 16th, and uh, just appreciate everything you do. Well, we appreciate your help, Cheryl. It's, it's been great, and we've had a huge response this year, so we're looking for a really large crowd down there at the Capitol on, on February 16th, and we, we thank you for your help. Oh, absolutely. We will we'll talk to you soon. Mike Sullivan of Writers USA. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Stick around on the other side of this probably brief message. I think I'm running a little long <laughs> is Tyler is and he's going to be talking to us about another big event, the Defending Freedom Action Summit coming up in April in Virginia. So stick around. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, our next guest, we are excited to have him back on, Tyler Izagari. He is the president and founder of the Second Amendment Institute, a national nonprofit organization that focuses on educational advocacy for the Second Amendment. And Tyler is also organizing this year the first annual Defending Freedom Action Summit in Arlington, Virginia, this coming up April. We are excited to have you on. Welcome to the show, Tyler. Thanks for having me on, Cheryl. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. So you are a young guy. I mean, younger than me. (laughs) And I don't know if you fit the millennial age group or not, but I'm thinking you do. And it's kind of... I have no idea. (laughs) I like that. I'm glad that you don't identify in in a specific um, generation. But it's just curious to me and wonderful to me that you have such a passion to protect and defend our Constitution. And uh, so many of your age peers, they're, they're checked out in that area or they're actively working against our Constitution. So where does your passion come from? Uh, I started this uh, uphill battle um, at the University of Delaware back in 2015 when I started uh, Students of the Second Amendment, which was um, pretty much my student organization that I ran and I, uh, you know, when I turned 21, when I was back in college so many years ago now, I, uh, I didn't go out and drink. I, uh, I went out and bought my first firearm, and I fell in love with shooting and the sport. And that developed into a passion to advocate for our Second Amendment rights. And I've been doing that ever since I started the student group back in 2015. Well, it's awesome, and I I so appreciate all that you do. And last year, you focused your efforts on celebrating uh, the 10th anniversary of a landmark uh, Supreme Court decision called the Heller versus D.C., which basically reaffirmed our Second Amendment rights. But could you give us just kind of a, a brief overview of what that event was all about, and did did it achieve what you had hoped to achieve that sort of thing. Sure. So DCV Heller, uh, 10 year anniversary was in June. We held a rally at the Supreme court to celebrate it, which coincided actually with 
the Janus v. AFSCME decision, which the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Janus, which was a huge right to work win. And uh, so there was a lot of people at the Supreme Court that day, probably at least 400 or 500. Uh, we had our booth there set up with the podium, the speakers. We had you speak. We had uh, Dick Heller speak, Congressman Thomas Massey, a whole lineup of, of Second Amendment champions. And then that night we had our, our banquet uh, to celebrate with some NRA speakers, some congressional members. Uh, VIPs were in the, in the room and uh, we just wanted to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the Supreme Court case, and that's what we did. Well, it was wonderful because it also brought so many of us together who maybe know each other just through, you know, the Internet, through social media or, of you course. know, something like that. Like we have all these friends in common, but we had an opportunity to truly meet in person, spend some time developing relationships, uh, sharing notes, introducing each other to even other friends that we know. It was just a, a tremendous opportunity, and I think we need to really capitalize on those times that we do get a chance to meet face-to-face, and I, I so applaud you for affording us that. And now, coming up this year, you have all of your time and energy focused towards another opportunity like that. It's a huge speaker event. Uh, it's called Defending Freedom Action Summit. Talk to us about that. Yes, so Defending Freedom Action Summit, this will be our first annual uh national college student conference and uh we've got a bunch of it's basically a mini cpac it's like a conservative political action conference and not just focused on second amendment but all freedoms and the lineup is stellar we've got nationally syndicated fox news commentators coming and uh advisors to the president coming uh and and some lobbyists and people who work in the political arena for 20 30 years so if you thought the heller celebration was 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 big this is going to be even bigger Mm -hmm. and uh, we're expecting 350 people wow that's that's exciting and it's a multi-day event right yes it is it's going to be uh right now april 5th and 6th which is a friday and saturday and then we may potentially extend it into sunday on the 7th at the hilton arlington in arlington virginia that is fantastic. And I know that um, you've got some discount prices, uh, I, I think geared specifically towards students, or or just talk to us about that. How, how do people participate and get tickets? So you can go to dfasummit.com. That's dfasummit.com. And you can, uh, right there on the main page is the link for tickets. You can get your ticket. We have a bunch of codes out. I know the code Trump is one of them that takes like 15 bucks off your ticket. Uh, so I would use that. That's not going to go anywhere. But the tickets are going fast. And I would suggest looking at Airbnbs within the area since it's a lot cheaper than the Hilton Hotel. Mm-hmm. See, I like that. And you're even helping us save money even with our travel plans. Um, Got to be fiscally conservative. Exactly. And so the DFA stands for uh, Defending Freedom Action Summit.com, DFA.com. So um, do do you still have sponsorships available for this? Because I know we're getting close, but there might be some people out there that you know, maybe they they can't come, but they would love to help participate and, and help this thing come off beautifully. Or maybe they, they can come, but they, they'd love to see their brand uh, protecting and defending our freedoms in this way. Right. So on the website, there is a tab at the top 
called sponsorships and it's going to have all your sponsorship information. Of course, we are more than happy to work with you on a, a price that falls within your budget. Um, so those prices are not set in stone. And then on the main page, if you scroll all the way to the bottom, there is an option to donate if you cannot participate or attend. And we will uh, gladly thank you for your donation. And all of that is lined out on the website and the donation landing page. I love it. That's so great. I'm just looking at the list of speakers and the, the list of topics. And this is going to be really a rich experience. Um, I mean, just even talking about it's not I mean you do have exposing liberal bias on campus that is you know so key because we've got to understand what we're looking at and, and what it sounds like in order to start spotting you know the manipulation tactics but you also have ideas on how to connect with each other better when we can't be in person you've got building your social media following um, you've got how to move into politics because we always think of politicians as like the separate group of people and, and kind of like they're, they're celebrities. But I was just talking to Republican uh, Congressman Paul Gosar. He was, a, he was a dentist for his entire career until 2010 when he ran for Congress and won. We have to have citizens in government. And I think that you're going to activate a lot of people's... Uh, passions at this summit to, to help them realize how do I get tapped in? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, no matter what your background is, I mean, you have the potential to become uh, uh, an elected official. Look at the infamous AOC, who is a bartender in, in New York, and now she's a congressman. Of course, the people that elected her probably have less brain cells than the cells in my thumb. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, when you promise free, 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 you're eventually going to get people to vote for you and then you don't follow through on anything. Mm. So no matter what your background is, uh, you know, you, you have the opportunity to run and, and be successful if you're given the right tool to know what you're doing. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for everything that you do. Please keep up the amazing work. And just as we go out again, Tyler Izagari, please tell folks how they can be involved in whatever ways they want to be involved with this summit, whether they want to be a sponsor, whether they want to buy a ticket and show up in person and mix and mingle with all these great speakers, or whether they just want to maybe donate to help to help support. Of course. So again, the website is dfasummit.com. That stands for Defending Freedom Action Summit.com. And on the main page at the bottom, you can donate to contribute to the camp to the uh, event. And then there's a tab at the top called sponsorships, and we will work with you on your budget. Uh, you know, one of the things in the real world is you need money to pay for things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we need your money to be successful and to empower the next generation of college students to fight and combat liberal bias and be successful in their, in their um, aspirations. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. We so appreciate you. We will be talking to you soon. And if nothing else, I'll see you in April when I show up at the DFA Summit. Thank you so much, Cheryl. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Tyler Izagari. All right. Stick around. We still have another full hour of awesome guests on Gun Freedom Radio.